Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, we wait, we wait, and we continue to wait. Sound familiar? Yeah, it should. Rinse and repeat. That plus a whole lot more comes up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, January 19th, 2024. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. As always, you're checking us out on YouTube. Thank you. Shout out to you. Shout out to my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're on YouTube, looking good, sounding good, doing the best we can. And Ari uh, raises the bar each and every day. So shout out to him on Twitter at Ari Producers. You can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. Lots to get to on today's show. And no, it's not about the official naming of the GM and the head coach of the Silver and Black. We'll talk about that. But that is not what the main nuts and bolts of the show is going to be about. Coming up in segment number three, you're going to get your calls and texts, as many as we can. Get those into segment number three. Get all the feedback as possible. A lot of good feedback that we got based off of a Thursday's conversation here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, mainly around quarterbacks and the quarterback situation for the silver and black. That'll come up in segment number three. Also, in segment number two, Continuing with the quarterback conversation, it was brought up in segment number two on Thursday's show. We'll continue with that. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus joined my radio show on Thursday, and we talked all things quarterbacks, and it was all based off the conversation and the phone call that we got from Mike in Utah. And if you didn't hear that call from Mike, don't worry about it. We'll play it in segment number two, plus you'll hear the conversation I had with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. That's all segment number two here in segment number one, news in Nosa Day. And it's not a whole lot to get to, but we will right after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is Pride. Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. And so when it comes to the latest and the greatest with the GM and the head coaching job, it's still not official. Still not official as we head into this Friday. Now that could change on a drop of a dime. I somewhat doubt it. And of course, when I say I doubt it, it's probably the, the day that they'll announce it. But with the divisional round of the playoffs coming up, obviously that gets started on tomorrow. I would assume that maybe they're going to wait till next week now. But again, that's just an assumption. And we all know what assumptions make out of you and me. So we don't want to do that. But I could give you an update real quick on what the Chargers have done. They interviewed Ed Dodds for their uh, their GM position. I talked about that already. So you know he's in the mix for the Raiders and the Chargers uh, job. And I do believe that Ed Dodds does play a role in some of this hangup because I think that there's kind of a you know back and forth. Like, should it be Champ Kelly or should it be Ed Dodds? He's a guy that's made a hell of an impression with the Raiders before. So I'm sure that there's a part of that as conversation. But uh, the Chargers also uh, met with Jim Harbaugh. We've already talked about that. Met with Patrick Graham. Also talked about that. David Shaw. Also met with them on Thursday. He had an a interview. And then Mike Vrabel, the former Tennessee Titans uh, head football coach. So I tell you all that to say, if the Chargers want to go ahead and make a hire, which I do believe they're going to do sooner rather than later, they can. They've done what they're supposed to do to satisfy the Rooney rule. Uh, they've talked to David Shaw. They've talked to Patrick Graham. Uh, and again, Mike Vrabel and Jim Harbaugh. And I do think that they're most likely going to lean towards Jim Harbaugh. And I would not be shocked at all to see Ed Dodds become the GM there 
with the L.A. Chargers. But that's just a little bit of a holdup there. Again, I talked about it on Thursday's show that, uh, you know, there, the, the holdup, at least the, the message that I received, is the holdup on the hiring in Vegas has nothing to do with another coach, even though some people still insist that Mike Vrabel, Tom Brady, uh, that, that, that camp is in Mark Davis's ear. Again, that's something that uh, I'm not hearing. But just because I'm not hearing it doesn't mean that it's not true. I just I don't see it. I, I believe it's 100 uh, percent on the GM position and the fact that probably Dodds and Champ Kelly, they're going back and forth with. Uh, also, and this is my final note I have for you for seven number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Saw this from my guy uh, Jordan Renan from ESPN. He covers the Giants like a glove. And apparently he was doing a little bit of research on Carmen Brasillo, who is no longer the Raiders offensive line coach. But now he's in New York with the G-men as the offensive line coach. And apparently during through his research, he found out that uh, Carmen Brasillo was not liked very much by the Raider players. And I'm sure that that's not a big surprise. I don't think that many of the coaches on the offensive side of things for the Raiders, uh, you know, team was was big, big, uh, or the players were big fans of those guys. Uh, just because you saw how Josh McDaniels got fired, you saw Mick Lombardi got fired right behind him. Uh, Carmen Basilla was not. Uh, asked to stick around, even though I thought he did a pretty good job with the offensive line. He didn't get blocked when the Giants wanted to interview him, so they were willing to let him go pretty easy. So it's not really a big shock that they weren't big fans of his, but I guess just kind of that Patriot way uh, the Raider players in that locker room weren't really big fans of. And it's funny, when I saw that report from Jordan, I thought back to what Jermaine Illuminor said about being on the team, and the reason why he's on the team is because Antonio Pearson, he really wouldn't know where he was without him. That was a conversation I had with uh, Jermaine Illuminor at the end of the season. Uh, matter of fact, right after that Denver Broncos game, Week 18. But I did think that that was, and find that to be a pretty little interesting nugget that the, the Raider players were not big fans of Carmen Basillo. And look, I saw him coach. I saw him during training camp. I saw him at practices. And he was tough on those guys. He really was. And so I'm not saying be a softie. He was tough on those guys. But I thought, like I said, I thought he got the most out of uh, the players that might have overachieved a little bit as far as I'm concerned, right? So uh, he did a good job. Now he's off to New York. And whoever is the head coach of the Raiders, which I do believe will be Antonio Pierce, but he'll have to obviously find a new offensive line coach, a new offensive coordinator. At least I think he'll get a new offensive coordinator and really probably a new staff all in all on the offensive side of things. But that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear the conversation I had with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus talking all things quarterbacks. But before you hear that, you'll hear the call from Mike in Utah that really got the quarterback conversation going. That's all coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. But before we do that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, including eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and a lot more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep the ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. I also want to tell you about FanDuel. The NFL regular season, it's in the book. 
The Super Wild Card Weekend, it's in the books. The divisional wild, the divisional round of the playoffs is coming up this weekend. Perfect time to get in on the action with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app, super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. Uh, you can find parlays in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays, and a whole lot more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into and continue our conversation we had on Thursday about quarterbacks. So cut segment number one a little bit short, so I had a little bit extra time here in segment number two, and this is the deal. For some people that might not have heard the show on Thursday, and I know everyone doesn't tune in each and every day, and whenever you do, I definitely appreciate you checking it out, but for anyone who missed Thursday's conversation and missed the call from Mike in Utah that really got the the quarterback conversation going, let's go ahead and run that call, and then you'll hear my conversation I had with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus on my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Thursday, talking all things quarterback. So here's Mike in Utah talking about the quarterback position. Hey Q, this is Mike from Utah calling with a question today on quarterbacks. Um, seems like the Raiders need a quarterback. We all agree on that. Uh, as far as drafting one and jumping up in the draft and uh, starting a rookie quarterback goes, I'm just not necessarily in favor of that because I don't think rookie quarterbacks often will help you win. Uh, it's pretty rare that a rookie quarterback comes in the league ready to play at that level. Uh, so I was wondering what your thoughts on a uh, trade to Dallas for Dak Prescott uh, are. Uh, I think Dallas is kind of down on Dak after losing early in, uh, in the playoffs, and I think a trade may be available. If not Dak, then who would you maybe target that could be somebody like a Rich Gannon, such as we had picked up way back in the day uh, from Kansas City as a backup quarterback. Is there somebody like that in the league that we could trade for, or uh, are we kind of doomed to pick a rookie and not be great for a year? So just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Look forward to hearing them. Thanks very much. So there was Mike, and I let it be known, I don't think Dak's an option. Jerry wants to win now. He's bringing back McCarthy, which I think is silly, but okay, that's fine. Uh, so I don't think that that's an option, and I wasn't too sure. I had a couple different ideas, rolled those out there, uh, but I also threw it out there to you on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. What do you think about the quarterback position in the quarterback room? And I think that it has to be you know, revamped. Aiden O'Connell is definitely a part of the quarterback room, but I think that the Raiders need to go and definitely try to draft somebody, try to go get the dude who could be the long-term solution, and then, you know, probably bring in a veteran as well to make sure that, you know, you have somebody that's been there, done that. Uh, somehow, some way, you got to go get that guy. But with all that being said, I thought I had a really good conversation on Thursday on my radio show with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus talking all things quarterback. So here, let's jump into that conversation with Brad. What did you think? What was kind of the overall feeling from Pro Football Focus on the season, especially the last nine games that Aiden O'Connell had with the Raiders? Yeah, I think it was interesting. It was up and down. Um, you know, the first start against the Chargers, you saw him take seven sacks, hold on the ball for over three seconds. And, and I think what I saw the most growth in that I liked was you bring in Bo Hardegree, and his focus was get the ball as quickly as possible, had a bunch of games with an average time to throw below 2.5 seconds. 
Um, so yeah, obviously there were some games without a lot, not a lot of production. Everyone talks about the Chiefs game where he didn't complete a pass for you know like two and a half quarters, but he really just took what the defense gave him. At times, he trusted just kind of uncorking it to Devontae Adams or Jacoby Myers and letting his guys make a play. Um, I think that the biggest thing though was you know pocket manipulation to avoid some sacks and just taking the the down uh, and surviving to the next play. Um, it was good to see. You know, and I know you do a lot when it comes to the draft, and we usually talk to you a lot around that draft, and we start talking about, well, quarterbacks, because that's the hot topic. So as you were kind of breaking down Aiden O'Connell when he was in the draft last year, based off what you saw this year, do your notes kind of compare and contrast and kind of make sense? Yeah, he was an interesting prospect. There were some people that were really high on him because he does have NFL arm strength. Um, you know, and he's obviously – all the classic, like, fits the profile, 6'5", you know, 225 pounds, can take some shots to the ribs and, and stand up and keep playing. So that was all there. Uh, I do think in the modern NFL, like, the lack of mobility is just not really what the current, you know, NFL prototypical quarterback looks like. Um, but, yeah, he can make all the throws all different levels. I think he is a good touch passer. Um, on top of if he needs to rip it, he can. But, you know, good different trajectories to his throws. Yeah, he's a solid player. I do think in an ideal world, he's a guy that we'll joke about as like a 12-year backup that just never seems to leave the NFL. But yeah, he had a solid rookie season. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I saw that Cliff Kingsbury is visiting with the Chicago Bears for a potential offensive coordinator position. Is that a sign to you that the Bears are leaning towards drafting Caleb Williams number one overall? Yeah, I think it has to be. You know, they are talking to a lot of guys in the McVay tree that's been the main focal point. And then I think there are two interviews that, that deviate either direction. So the Cliff Kingsbury one is strongly in the camp of, hey, find out, find out as much as humanly possible about Caleb Williams. They apparently had a good relationship. And then you had Greg Roman. So it's, okay, this is the Justin Fields interview. You know, the guy that untapped a lot of Lamar Jackson as a runner um, couldn't really get there as a pass game coordinator. And that's why you bring in Todd Munkin, and he's about to win the second MVP award. But, yes, it, it, like, you don't bring in Cliff Kingsbury, make a big, you know, public hoopla, a former NFL head coach of just a couple of years ago. Um, you know what it, what it, it what signal it sends. Um, and, and I think they are – probably leading towards Caleb Williams right now. Well, they have the number one overall pick, thanks to the Carolina Panthers, and so if they were to select Caleb Williams, uh, conventional wisdom is just being, I don't know, alive and have a pulse, you would think that Justin Fields has to be traded. So, two questions on Justin Fields. Is he a, a franchise quarterback in the NFL in your opinion, and what do you think it would take to acquire him? So, I think you really need to cater an offense to his skill set. And, and I'll say, like, I, I do think he was hung out to dry in Chicago in the beginning, where at first it was probably the worst roster in the NFL on paper, maybe even worse in 2022 than it was 2021, because the new regime comes in, they trade away you know, any good players that were remaining, which is a short list to begin with, um, and, and he's working behind probably the worst offensive line with probably the worst pass catchers in the league. So the thing for me is you flash forward to this year, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I think they had around a league average O-line, and you drop in DJ Moore, and I get the rest of the weapons weren't great, but you get a bona fide number one receiver, a guy that can take a screen pass 80 yards in any given moment. There was growth from fields. I think he was better also getting the ball out quickly at times. Um, his downfield accuracy has always been a strength of his game. I, I just I don't think he's done enough in Chicago. So, yeah, and the Raiders certainly could be, uh, you know, a, a, a potential destination. Obviously, if Champ Kelly, you know, gets that general manager job, the former Bears assistant GM or whatever his title was, VP of player <laughs> personnel, whatever, um, 
you know, so so there's a connection there. And I think you're looking at the Sam Darnold package. It was a two, a four, and a six, I want to say. Um, I think it's in, in that realm. A first-round pick is not happening. Um, but I do think you get a second-round pick and some change. You know, and when I look at Justin Fields, because I've had people ask me this question many times, I keep looking at his contract. And I know you pay attention to contracts as well. A fifth-year option, decisions got to be made on him quickly. And then say he goes out and has a hell of a year, we know what the going rate is for quarterbacks. He's done enough in the league to kind of warrant that kind of trouble if he does, in, in fact, have a good season. So if you trade for him, you have to pick it up, right? And it's about $22 million. Darnold, you know, I mentioned him again. He gets traded to Carolina. There was some uncertainty, but they went ahead right away and said, all right, $18.9 million, fifth-year option. We're going to pick it up um, because we think this could be a multi-year solution. Obviously, that particular situation did not work. And he was also kind of handed a, a terrible situation with the Jets. But, but yeah, you have to, because you're not giving up that draft capital um, and then walking into a potential contract year, maybe a franchise tag. You know, I do. I, I think if you're going to say, okay, look, we're going to build an offense around Justin Fields, you know, some one read and takeoff concepts, some half field reads where you boot roll them out and, and have, you know, kind of cut the field in half, some high lows. Some, I'm not saying he can't be a pocket passer. I just don't think it's his game. Um, I, I think if you're confident you can build an offense around him, probably the best athlete on the field most Sundays, um, regardless of position, um, I think you do go ahead and pick up that option as well. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. All right, so when you look at where the Raiders are right now in the draft order, they're there at number 13. Uh, I'm all in with, hey, go ahead and do whatever you got to do to go get your guy. What would it take to get up to, I don't know, the top three, top four range to potentially land a guy like Jaden Daniels if that's the guy that you think is your dude? I think if you're looking at 13 to three or you know 13 to four, let's say maybe Arizona, if New England goes a di- different direction, I think you have to look at the Trey Lance trade, right? So that was 12 to three uh, with San Fran moving up with Miami, and that cost two first round picks and a third round pick. There was a you know bunch more change ex- exchanging hands, but I I, I think Jaden Daniels is probably viewed and maybe an even more favorable light or at least the same level as a Trey Lance. Um, you know, older prospect as opposed to, you know, one of the youngest prospects in a while in Trey Lance. But we've seen so much good play. Um, I'm not really buying into the idea that he's a late breakout. Uh, the guy had 400 passing yards and beat Justin Herbert as a true freshman back in 2019. <laughs> he's been balling for a long time. So, um, yeah, I, I think it is going to cost you, you know, kind of the, the full the full price uh, of two future first-round picks and, and probably some more tacked on. I, I like Jaden Daniels a lot. <laughs> I really do. Uh, I love the fact that he shouted out AP, Herm Edwards, all the guys that were there at Arizona State. I just think that he could be that dude. Do you see his game translating into the NFL and think that, yeah, maybe he can be that guy for a long time? I think there is a certain, certainly a possibility. So, so, you know, his arm is, is good enough. It's not like a plus arm, but I think it certainly is an NFL caliber arm. We saw him throwing, you know, outside the numbers this year to, you know, two guys that I think are going to go in the first round uh, in, in Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr. Um, but but it, was, it was good downfield accuracy. I think the one thing, the one question mark I would have is throwing over the middle of the field. And, and that certainly could just be – they didn't need to do it because he was setting records every week uh, just fine without doing it. But, but obviously at the NFL level, you do want to attack over the middle of the field, um, you know, some backside dig concepts, some, some different you know, elements of the passing game that we didn't really see on tape. But, you know, the, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence in his game. So maybe he can get there. And then, of course, we know he's a dynamic runner. I hate comparisons. They're lazy. There is some Lamar there. Like, it, it does exist. 
Um, so, yeah, I think the, the upside is enormous. Finally for you, I was uh, checking out your article that you had on ProFootballFocus.com from December talking about the top 100 free agents, and I was looking at quarterbacks, and there was four of them. Baker, there was Minshew, there was Cousins, and Tannehill. And Baker, I think he's going to get a contract in Tampa Bay. Minshew is probably going to stay in Indianapolis. Cousins is coming off an Achilles, and I don't want anything to do with Tannehill. Is there a free agent quarterback out there that I'm missing that maybe a guy, a, a team could acquire like like uh, the Raiders? You know, I think those are all, all the good ones, uh, for sure. I mean, uh, Jameis will be on the list when I drop the 150, hopefully tomorrow. Um which I think is honestly not the craziest bridge option. Uh, I know the lasting image of the season is the hilarious situation with Dennis Allen uh, <laughs> and running the, uh, the, the fake Neal touchdown. But, you know, he, he does. He went, he went first overall for a reason. And then maybe some guys that aren't free agents, but uh, more bridge options like just the Kobe Brissett make his way out of Washington, for example. Uh, like guys like that, that I, that I do think literally, you know, legitimately can start. Um, you know, 10, 12 games for you and, and be an usher to the future. But, no, you're, you're not missing any, like, guys that can come in and, and make a meaningful difference. I guess the last one would be, um, you know, when Russell Wilson gets cut, mm. if you want to try, try that experience out. Does he have anything left, in your opinion? Uh, I just think the issue with him is what he's always been good at is, you know, scrambling around, outside of structure, making plays happen, and he's 36 years old now, so like that's not really you know the quick game is just not there. Sean Payton tried to do it, and it did work for a stretch, but it just no. Short answer, no. So there you go, right there, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Uh, he was a guest on my radio show on Thursday, and we were just talking all things quarterbacks, and I, I just thought it was some really good stuff. I really did, and kind of let you know, all right, this guy, this is what Aiden O'Connell looked like. This is what these veterans look like. This is what the trade would look like. This is what Justin Fields, I think he can do with the right pieces around him. Thought it was a really good kind of, you know, just, like I said, nuts and bolts conversation about the quarterbacks, and hopefully you enjoyed that as well. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. You're off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Before we get to that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's you against the numbers. You're not battling thousands of players, pros, sharks, none of that. You pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. It's just like that. Basketball, football, you could do a combo if you want, where you could pick one player in the NFL, one player in the NBA, and again, more than or less than two to six player stat projections, and watch the winnings roll in. That's what's most important. Also, Prize Picks has a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't come back in the second, that player is rebooted just like that. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. There's all kinds of different ways you could play with Prize Picks. You just got to go ahead and check it out. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code is locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday. Going to close out the week really strong. Hopefully you've enjoyed what you've heard up to this point. But now we want to hear from you. Again, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from Dalton in KC. He's calling to talk about the Raiders not really being that far away 
and he explains why. Here he is, Dalton in Kansas City. Yo, what's going on, Q? This is Dalton. I'm calling out of Kansas City, Missouri, in enemy, enemy territory. Um, but I just wanted to call and say, you know, I think that the Raiders are a lot closer to greatness than a lot of people uh, give us credit for, or a lot of people may think. Um, you know, with AP, what AP did in the second half of the year, I know it wasn't, you know, great, wasn't perfect, but he also didn't have a whole lot to work with. Um, and so I, I truly believe that if we bring AP back, you know, we bring Champ Kelly back and we address the quarterback situation, maybe pick up a few key players. Like, man, I think, I think a lot of people say that take a year or two, have success. I don't know if it's just the Raider in me talking, but I really could see us being great next year. Like, literally, if we get the right quarterback, we have AP back, we bring all our key players back, I could really see us being great. So, I'm pumped. I know all the Raider Nation's pumped as well. And uh, go Raiders. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I agree. The Raiders aren't as bad as some might think. In my opinion, they absolutely need a quarterback. They need to upgrade at the offensive line, and they also need an experienced, creative play caller. That would help in a major way. The defense could always have an uptick. The defense could always be a little bit better, but for the majority, for the, for the you know, time being, I think that the, the parts are in place. right? I think that you have a really good thing going with that defense. Just need some tweaks to the offense. Again, quarterback, upgrade at the offensive line, and creative, experienced play caller will go a long, long way. Dalton, thanks so much for the call. Like I said, definitely appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Raider B in the 860. That's Connecticut. It says, hey, Q, just listen to your Thursday show. I agree, I agree with your three offseason needs. I think moving up in the draft for Williams or Daniels is a must. Just wonder where we could get Daniels. As far as the offensive coordinator, there are rumblings. Uh, if it's AP as head coach, he should go look at Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator. Just want to know your thoughts on that. Great show. This is Raider B from the 860 Connecticut. Thanks so much for that text. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I think Colin Cowherd is the one that – floated that Cliff Kingsbury uh, name out there as a potential as the offensive coordinator for Antonio Pierce if he does, in fact, get the job. And I know that Cliff Kingsbury is talking to the Chicago Bears, which makes me feel like the Bears are probably going to land Caleb Williams. They're going to probably decide to trade Justin Fields and go and get Caleb Williams number one overall and have a guy in Cliff Kingsbury who, well, has been working with them at USC. So at the very least, they're going to pick his brain. So I think that he's a really good offensive play caller. I think he's a very creative mind. I could see him being a part of the mix if, if AP wants to get creative like that. And, you know, he was in Arizona State. He was at Arizona State when Kingsbury was there at Arizona. So I'm sure he saw his, his um, you know, uh, majority of uh, Arizona Cardinal games when Cliff Kingsbury was the head coach. So I'm sure he's very well versed on Kingsbury. I wouldn't have no problem with him being an offensive play caller. I think he does a good job at that. Head coach, not so much. Offensive play caller, sure. I can get down with that. But thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a quick call from Dakota Raider 84. He's calling to talk about the Raiders' defense, Patrick Graham, and Antonio Pierce. Here he is, Dakota Raider 84. Hey, this is Dakota Raider 84Q. I just wanted to let you know I was listening, and another caller called in and said what I've heard a lot of people say. We've got uh, everybody saying that we really need to keep Patrick Graham, that the defense has been great under him, and I agree. We really want to keep Patrick Graham. He has done a great job, but I really think the defense turned a corner when Coach AP took over. They got more aggressive. They really had a much stronger, sharper edge to them and the way they were playing. And I think that, uh, you know, heaven forbid we lose uh, PG to a 
to a coaching job as a head coach somewhere or something. But uh, I think AP has made all the difference in the way this defense played as well. So uh, just wanted to kick that in there that I think he deserves a lot of the credit for the way the defense finished the season. Uh, and uh, have a great Raiders day. Raiders! Thank you for the call, my man. I agree 100% that the defense got more aggressive. It got stingy. They had more takeaways once AP took over November 1st. I think, and this is just my opinion, those two worked really well together, Antonio Pierce and Patrick Graham. I was saying, and I know a lot of people weren't listening to me early in the season, but I kept having conversations about the defense is really good, right? I mean, was it where it was at the end of the season? No, but I saw it early and said the defense is playing a lot better. Matter of fact, early in the season, they were keeping them in games. The only one that they got blown out in was that week two game against Buffalo. But for the most part, right, obviously helped them win that first game of the season against Denver. They got blown out against Buffalo. But that week three game, right, that Sunday night football game against the Steelers, that should have been a win. The defense kept them in that game. The offense couldn't do anything. You know, in L.A. against the Chargers, could have won that game as well. I mean, there was plenty of games that the defense kept them around. But you're right, starting November 1st, once Antonio Pierce took over as the interim coach, it got way more aggressive. It's just like, it's like, I don't know, AP told PG, just let them loose. You know, let them go do what they do. Somehow those two got together. Uh, but AP talked about it many times, working with Patrick Graham and how easy it was and how he was so proud of the job that they did, just went out there and played. So I don't want to take anything away from Patrick Graham. I think he did a hell of a job, and he was a guy that I thought was going to be the scapegoat when the season started. Thought the season wasn't going to go the way that the Raiders wanted, and he was going to be the one fired. Well, good thing that that didn't happen. Josh McDaniels gets fired. Patrick Graham, who's already up in the booth, remember they moved him up before the season started, and all he did is really thrive, uh, him and AP. So I think that that was a job well done by the both of them. Thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Uh, here we go. I got a text from T. Houston, a quick one, out of Porterville, California. It says, hey, Q, it's T. Houston from Porterville, Cali. Why aren't you or others questioning our center play? Our line used to be awesome with Rodney Hudson. That's T. Houston out of Porterville. T, thanks so much for the text. And, yeah, I think we've talked about the center position. I think we've talked about Andre James not being the long-term solution, that Dylan Parham will probably be that guy, right? I mean, he's, I think his best position is that center position. Uh, plus, Andre James is a free agent, so I've talked about most likely losing him, and Dylan Parham will probably be that guy replacing him. Rodney Hudson ain't coming back. You're right. Rodney Hudson was fantastic when he was a Raider. And then that offensive line, hell, that offensive line was fantastic when Rodney Hudson was there, when Gabe Jackson was there, uh, you know, when ooh, Donald Penn was there, uh, when uh, uh, Kelechi Assembly was there, right? I mean, they had a hell of an offensive line. And they still had a turnstile at the right tackle position, but they had a hell of an offensive line. That's when they were calling it car insurance. But remember, John Gruden dismantled it when he wanted to get more money freed up so Gus Bradley can get his defensive players uh, in, in efforts to try to improve the defense. And the Raiders' offensive line hasn't quite been the same ever since. That's just the reality of it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Rodney Hudson was fantastic, but obviously he's not coming through the door anytime soon. So, yeah, we, we've talked about the offensive line, but thank you for the text, my man. I do appreciate you. Uh, i got time for a couple more. This is a call from Danny in Mesa, Arizona. He's calling to talk about the quarterback position and who he thinks should be the man behind center. Here he is, Danny in Mesa, Arizona. What up, Q? This is Danny calling out of the 480 over in Mesa, Arizona. First off, I just want to say thank you, man, for everything you do. Um, definitely keep my drive to work interesting every day. And uh, me and my daughter got a chance to meet you over at the game, the last game against Denver. You were kind enough to take a photo with us, so I appreciate that a lot. Uh, the reason I was calling is everybody's talking about, you know, we need to draft the QB and do this and that or go after a vet. But to be perfectly honest, and I know that not a lot of people are going to agree with me. I know there might be some fans that do, but I think 
honestly, we have the QB already in-house. And, yes, I'm talking about Aiden O'Connell. Um, I strongly feel, you know, that with the allotment of time that he was given, he came in, basically got thrown into the fire, and I think he performed, you know, fairly well for what, you know, the, the amount of time he had, you know, nine weeks. Sure, he had some bad games, and a lot of guys do. But he also had some really good games. Um, uh, at first, he was turning the ball over a lot, and then as the season progressed, he started to be more careful with it, you know, started getting more accurate with his throws. And I don't know, I see a lot of potential in him, and I see promise. I get that he's not mobile, and that's what everybody wants because that's what this league is turning into is having a mobile quarterback. But I think if you bolster the offensive line and, you know, you give him time to throw, he's going to make those throws. And he has that strong arm to make the deep pass. He's pretty accurate. So I think, you know, we should just keep rolling the dice with him at least for another year, see what he can progress into, and, you know, maybe sign a vet to back him up just in case. And if we need to, draft the quarterback and let him sit behind O'Connell. But anyways, that's just my two cents, and uh, go Raiders. Thank you for the call, Danny. Appreciate you. And, I mean, look, Aiden O'Connell, I definitely believe he improved. He showed a lot over the final nine-game stretch. Once Antonio Pierce named him the head, or the uh, the starting quarterback on November 1st when he took over as the interim coach, him and Champ Kelly took over as the interim GM and coach that day. I was at that press conference. He named Aiden O'Connell the guy, and he stuck with him the whole season. He definitely got better. You mentioned the turnovers. Cleaned those up a lot. Right, took less sacks. He definitely improved. He's definitely in the mix. I just think that mobility is something that you need. You heard Brad Spielberger talk about it in segment number two. That it's just you got to have something. And I don't really think that mobility is something that you can teach. You either have it or you don't. Right? I mean, like you can work on it, and you can work on it, and you can work on it. But when everything is live and defenders are coming at you, you normally go back and revert to what you know. It's not really you go back to, oh, this is what this guy taught me to do. This is what I'm supposed to look for and then take off and run. It's, it's, it's instincts. You've just got to have those natural instincts to take off running, and I don't see that in Aiden O'Connell. I see a lot of quality traits. I just don't see that mobility, and I do think mobility is a big deal. So thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you. Again, not kicking Aiden O'Connell off the club. He definitely has a role on the team. I just don't think he's the long-term solution of, uh, uh, of the quarterback position for the silver and black. But again, that's just me. Thanks so much for the call. Uh, next up, speaking of Aiden, got a text from Aiden in Utah. It says, what's up, Q? It's Aiden in Utah. You mentioned Fields and even Trey Lance's potential quarterback options for the Raiders. How about Zach Wilson? He's shown some big-time flashes against Kansas City, notably. The Raiders lack a quarterback who's mobile, can create, and go head-to-head against Mahomes. I think Zach has all these attributes, and behind our offensive line, a viable offense. Good coaching. He'd be a perfect fit. That's Aiden in Utah. And I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see I know Zach Wilson had a couple of good moments with the Jets last season. I just don't see it. Uh, maybe I'm missing something. And if I am, then, hey, I'll apologize and say that I'm wrong. But I, I just I don't think Zach Wilson is that guy. I, I, just, I just don't. Not to mention he was banged up quite a bit, injured quite a bit when he was at BYU. He's been ang- banged up and injured quite a bit since he's been in the NFL. I just don't think that the Raiders need to go after that guy and say, oh, well, we can save you. Now, now find someone that you really have confidence that could save. I, I just don't see Zach Wilson as that guy. But thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. Uh, Jordan in Oregon, he's up next. He's calling to talk about the quarterback position and the timeline for the Raiders as it pertains to the upcoming draft in April. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. I wanted to call in and listen to your podcast here on Thursday. Some really good stuff in, in regards to the quarterback position. and It's kind of fun to start thinking about that stuff. And 
Hey, my my point I wanted to make is is uh, talking to and, and hearing some other people chime in on this too of recent, maybe on your radio show would have been, but is kind of where the timeline of of the Raiders and the quarterback position is in, in comparison to you know really the timeline of of where the NFL draft is with available quarterbacks and so these two sequences just happen to meet like at perfect timing. We've the last decade really haven't been in the mix for a quarterback. Um, you know, we've been pretty well locked. We were pretty well locked in with Carr for, for a good chunk of that. Uh, but what I will say is that now this is the best, you know, QB class arguably in a long, long time. Some people are saying in the last 20 years maybe. And there's there's probably going to be a handful of guys out of this class that, that um, are starters in the league and then, well, who knows from there if they're franchise QB. So I just thought it's interesting that here we are, and we're in a great spot, I feel like, to go get a rookie quarterback. And if it was my call and the Raiders felt like there are two or three um, franchise quarterbacks, like top ten type future quarterbacks, um, I-, I would trade the house to move up because the rest of the team is set up to where if we can plug in uh, some pieces on the defense, doesn't have to be first-round talent. Um, we're set up pretty good. I think the overall roster's set up to make a big splash um, with some first-rounders. And obviously, like you said, Q, uh, to, to guarantee anything, you've got to get up to one. But that also means the Bears, you, you know, aren't getting a QB, which I, I don't necessarily buy that. And so, you know, realistically, I think the, the spot somebody might have to get up to is like where Arizona's at and, and try to negotiate something with them and, and take, you know, Caleb Williams, I, I'd almost guarantee he's going to be going to the Bears. It, it'd be silly for them not to, to go after that. But to get up to, like, where maybe Arizona's at or something, I'd say they need to be willing to, to trade this year's first-round pick and an additional two first-round picks because that's what teams like the, the 49ers have had to do to get up in the top five um, when they whiffed on Trey Lance. And so that's just kind of the going rate from what I've seen is they're going to need – three first-round picks. And so, yeah, I hope the future's bright. Excited for this coaching hire, hopefully coming soon. Peace out, Q. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. It's great to hear from you. And, yeah, you bring up a good point, you know, about giving up the farm to get the guy. Uh, I've said that multiple times that why not just go go do it, right? It's been far too long that you haven't gone and, and targeted your dude. So if they see their dude, whoever's in the free, whoever's in the front office, if they see their dude and say that that guy could be our quarterback for the next nine to ten years, just go get him. Just go get do whatever you have to do. I had a guy bring up on my radio show on Thursday that Q, there's not that many holes on this team like it used to be. It's okay to give up extra draft capital, and I was already on board anyway. But after he said that, it made even that much more sense. So yeah, I'm with you. Just go do it. Uh, there's a lot of great quarterbacks, or feel like there's a lot of great quarterbacks in this upcoming draft. The one thing I know about the draft, though. There's a lot of quarterbacks. They look good. They'll look good at the combine. They'll look good at their pro day. They've looked good in college and on film. It won't all translate to the NFL. The big problem is, and the big question is, how do you identify your guy, and will he translate on the next level? That's the big question. But thanks so much for the call. I do appreciate you, and we'll close out with a text from the 725, and I know we're going a little bit over. I apologize, but we'll close out with this text. Q, love the show, bro, but I like Aiden O'Connell. What is he now, a rookie? What is he next year, a veteran? Why does nobody like him because he's not a runner? That's what the offseason is for. You can get faster. How much interceptions did he have towards the end of the season? 
Perfect. Make him work on his speed, and we got a quarterback. Why did AB? Why did AP put him in front of Jimmy? If we keep, uh, if we keep an AP, I say we keep an Aiden O'Connell. That's a text from the seven two five. And thanks so much. And it's nothing to do with nobody liking him. I like Aiden O'Connell. I think he's a hell of a, a, a guy. I think he did a hell of a job for the circumstance that he was put into. And actually, if you remember correctly, I was the guy that said, wait, 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 wait until you could put him in and actually let him go on a long stretch and actually see what this guy could do instead of just putting him in for a start and then a stop. I was the guy that was 100% against that. Like, I rather had Brian Hoyer in the mix. I rather had Jimmy G in the mix than Aiden O'Connell if you're just going to let him play one game and then stop. Now, we saw the final nine games, and the one thing he lacks is mobility. I'm not asking him to be a runner. I'm asking him to be mobile. It's different. Right? I'm not asking for 1,000 yards a season. I'm asking for third and eight. If there's some room to step up in the pocket and pick it up, you go. Naturally, instincts. You know, As I mentioned earlier, I don't think that you can teach Aiden O'Connell to get faster. Right? I mean, the guy's, what, 25, 26? I don't think he's going to get much faster. Right? I don't think that he's going to get all of a sudden the natural instincts to take off and run. If that's not in you, it's just not in you. I mean, think about this. After Derek Carr broke his ankle, he stopped running. And John Gruden tried to push him and push him and push him. And finally, towards the end of his career with the Raiders, he started to run just a little bit, but it wasn't enough, right? It wasn't what it was when he first started with the team. After he broke his ankle, he wasn't going to be that guy. Well, Aiden O'Connell is not going to be that guy where he just goes and picks up yards with his feet. He's just shown that. So, again, I, I, it's nothing about I don't like him. I like him a lot. And I think that what he did his rookie year was great. And he definitely has a role in the team. I just think personal feeling, that's it. Nothing, nothing, you know, personal against him. Just my personal gut feeling is that he's a guy that could probably be a really stinking good number two quarterback. Matter of fact, a guy that if he gets thrown into the mix can go out there and win the game for you. He's just not the guy that I think is the future long-term solution at that position because I believe, and again, it's just my feeling, I believe in 2024, you've got to have a guy with some mobility that can get it done. Think about this. Look at the eight teams that are playing this weekend. There's eight teams, four games. Seven out of eight of them are mobile. And Jared Goff, if he has to, he could probably run just a little bit, right? I think that Aiden O'Connell would probably run less than Jared Goff. So seven out of the eight quarterbacks have mobility, and they're in the playoffs right now. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a guy who's going to run for 100-something yards a game. I'm not looking for that. I'm just looking for picking up that first down when it's there. I'm just looking for sliding around the pocket, giving the wide receiver a little bit more time to get open and making a play. The scramble drills, can he do that? That's what I'm looking for. Not looking for Lamar Jackson. Not looking for, uh, you know, uh, even, even Justin Fields. Not looking for Jalen Hurts. Not looking for that guy. Just looking for a guy that can make some things happen with his legs and his feet to extend drives and, and extend plays if need be. But thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Next time, make sure you, you put your name on it so I don't call you a number. <laughs> yeah, I've texted from the 725. Let me know your name so I can definitely, uh, like I said, uh, put a name to it. But I do appreciate the feedback as always. And that's going to do it for today's show. It's going to do it for the week as well. Uh, looking forward to my radio show coming up. Uh, this afternoon, I got Eric Allen. You know, he's a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's going to join the show. That's a conversation I'm really looking forward to. I always say DBs win games. He's a guy that me and him used to get our hair cut together at Gums Barbershop in Hayward, California. Gigi used to cut both our hairs and his son's hair. So uh, it's going to be a fun conversation, man. I, I'm a big fan of EA. Uh, always love picking his brain, talking Raiders. But we'll definitely talk all things Pro Football Hall of Fame and what it would mean to him if he's able to hear his name called and end up in Canton, Ohio. So that's coming up on my radio show, just a little preview for that. Uh, until then, Raider Nation, maybe maybe sometime to today we'll find out uh, about 
about uh, the head coach and the GM. I don't know. Uh, if we do, that's great. If not, maybe it won't be till Monday. But the one thing I do know for sure, we'll be back on Monday here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. So until then, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.